the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So Dave Matthews probably has another album coming out because it always seems like he has another album coming out. With that out there, I was once a child and under a table and dreaming. Do you remember how great it was to be a kid and to throw a blanket on top of a card table or on top of a dining room table and suddenly had a fort underneath or do you remember being a kid and saying things like um i want to build a tree house but i want to put an elevator in it it was going to be a life event by the end of the summer you're going to have a tree house with an elevator in it that's what i love about what i do there's so many little dynamics and they all hit all of us to get to head financially speaking i try to teach you i try to help you i try to drag you along and again, my content, my syllabus isn't isn't ideal. I know that. Is it a syllabus? Is it a syllabi? Is it an octopus? An octopi. So in life, you are going to get married. You are going to get divorced. You are going to lose a partner. You are going to grow your family. You are going to save for college, likely. Or maybe not. Maybe the younger generation is like, you know what? This planet doesn't need more of us. There's plenty of us to escape in an escape pod velocity if need be. But also in your career of life, when you're not building a treehouse with an elevator, you're going to start a new job. You're going to leave a job. You're going to prepare for retirement. You're going to do things like caring for a loved one. Now, there's men in the world and there's women, so I'm told. I don't actually see sex. I'm just told that there actually is differences between us. I can't see it. Stealing a little bit from Stephen Colbert, who used to say the same thing about color. Love Colbert. Influence. Love Dave Letterman. Huge influence in my life. Why? Because he wasn't my dad and he was a father-like figure on television. He was funny. He was innovative. Now you had to make a choice back then because when you, when I was younger and we had remote controls, I'm not going to say we didn't, but not always. And what happens if you lay down on the couch, turned on the TV, laid down on the couch and you, you, you forgot to bring the remote with you. Sometimes you, you bought into Letterman because he it just happened to be on NBC or CBS. He was your guy. He was your go-to guy. He wasn't DVR. He wasn't Jimmy Fallon. He wasn't Jimmy Kimmel. He wasn't Jimmy Jimmy. So you kind of bought into it. It, it, it. Now things are changing. You don't have to buy into anyone. BattleBots can be on Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night. It do, it's never on Tuesday or Thursday. It can be on any night that you want. But for me, I think the most interesting thing is to know like there are subtle differences between you and I. And there are goals in our lives, whether it be career phases or life events or better investing. In your career phase, you're going to start out. You're going to take some sort of horrible job making trophies or delivering pizzas. Then later on, you're going to say, you know what? I really don't want to make trophies or deliver pizzas my whole life. And you're going to start getting in- intrigued by something. Hopefully, maybe it has something to do with your college degree. Maybe it doesn't. So your career, you're going to start out. You're going to move up the corporate ladder. And that's probably my biggest regret. There is no doubt that I could have a a national television show, financially speaking. No doubt. Interviewed twice for it. And I just wasn't willing to compromise or sell out. I would love to do The Drunk Investor, where I come to your house and every time I see something violently, obnoxiously overpriced, I, I do a shot. I think that would be funny. 
but I would also have like liver disease within the first year because everyone I see probably has some sort of financial disaster, whether it be your shoe collection, your cowboy boot collection, something. But again, I keep going back to all this as men and women are different. I don't know if you agree with me or not. When it comes to investing, there's, you know, staying on target, there's planning for goals, there's investing know-how. And I, I think the internet's a great equalizer as far as investing know-how goes. Whereas it used to not be. Again, used to get kind of caught on the couch without a remote control. Now it used to be you got caught at a brokerage relationship that you didn't realize was gonna be so expensive to get into and get out of. Ken Fisher, I love him. And I hate him. I've seen him on TV going, you know, I hate annuities. Annuities are awful. I've got turkey neck. Gobble, 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 gobble. Oddly enough, my face looks stretched and perfect, but my neck looks like a turkey. Gobble, 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 gobble. But he also doesn't tell you, like, even though he hates annuities, he also, he's been, there's been a lot of arbitration with his, his advisors, which isn't the end-all, be-all worst thing in the world, because sometimes customers, like, work with financial planners and financial advisors, and they don't know what they're getting into. But he goes, I hate annuities. Blah, 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 blah. It's always a better idea than annuities. At one point in time, he would put you into 100 stocks. So basically like a NASDAQ 100 because he was a tech guy, sort of. The point being there is that that's too many stocks. So we all have flaws and we could all like kind of nitpick each other. But I keep coming back to women and investing and men and investing and women in careers and men in careers. And we are different, right? So if you do have a body part that I don't have or if I have a body part that you don't have, let's just start right there and say we're different. Getting married, getting divorced, losing partner. Losing a partner is the tough one. My mom lost her partner, her life partner, the man who found her, the man who pulled her out of Mobile, Alabama, the man who showed her the world. He died over 20 years ago. So I have a friend who, one of the two, they're 70-ish, a little over 70-ish, and he just got lung cancer. And I was like, did he smoke? Nope. Well, maybe back then, everyone smoked in the 50s and 60s, right? Kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, that's too bad because that's kind of like a death sentence in America. Very rarely do we beat lung cancer and are still alive 30 years later. We're hoping for five. But when a family of two just learns that they've got cancer, they need to arrange for some immediate household needs, day-to-day affair stuff. Because at some point in time, he's going to be worried about dying and she's going to be worried about losing her spouse that she's known since she was a young woman. So first things first, you got to make sure that your kids and your pets are taken care of because you're going to be hyper-focused on this. Now, do you think there's a difference between a man and a woman there? I think there is. When you get that death sentence or you know it's coming, my dad was told he was going to have six months left to live, that's a great time to get tax and legal advice. I know it's not on your mind because you're thinking, I'm going up to the, uh, this is the big one. I'm going up to the big sky, the big, the big guy in the, in the sky. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come for you, right? You don't want Liam Neeson telling God, I'm going to hunt you down. I'll be back. Remember this face? It's the last face you'll see. But you want to I'll contact insurance companies. You want to pay attention to your investments. You want to pay attention to your documents. You want to make sure everything's signed correctly. You don't want to go out and say, you know, I got this credit card. I'm going to be dead in six months. Let's go to Vegas. Because then you're going to strap someone left behind with a problem. Men and women are different. You should appreciate that. If you're a woman, you should Google women in investing. There's some good sites out there like Fidelity or LearnVest. If you're a man, you should Google women investing. There's a woman in your life to learn where the differences are. It's not just in the JCPenney catalog. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. 
weeknight replay at 7. If you elect me president, I'll stop corporations from giving away cheap freebies. Like sunglasses that will break in one day. That aren't even really sunglasses, it just has their brand on it. Ugh. Things that I hate. If you elect me president, I'll ban Manolo Blahniks. No shoe should cost $400 or more. That's ridiculous. You elect me president? I'll kill words like redonkulous. If you use them, you go to jail. Thank you very much. I will be a revolution, and that should have you concerned. Talking about tech, talking about the future. You know, one of the things that Apple has is developers. Apple developed an ecosystem that kind of made some people money for developing apps for them. And slowly but surely, Apple and Google are challenging. Uh, not Apple and Google. Google and Facebook. Great Google and Moogle. Sometimes Great I get Googly my big Moogly. dominant tech companies mixed up. Great Google and Moogle. Um, where do I go from here? In 2018, the platform best poised to challenge the operating system duopoly isn't an operating system at all. It's Facebook. And Facebook continues to efforts to house experiences and other applications within the Facebook app family. <clears throat> Facebook's family of apps include Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. WhatsApp! <clears throat> so that ranks them pretty high globally in all the categories. Um, <clears throat> on Fridays, I drive by Facebook's campus, and it scares me. It used to be the Sun Microsystems campus that they bought. Sun Microsystems sucks, and Scott McNeely can't run a developed company. But then Facebook says, we're going to put a building key corner to the Sun Microsystems campus. And then another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And Mark Zuckerberger has quickly turned into the Darth Nihilist of technology. Do I love Mark Zuckerberger? I do. I'll take that medium rare, please. So more developers are coming to Facebook because they're having more and more campus. They're not building more campus because life sucks. Life definitely doesn't suck for Facebook. E-commerce in 2017 saw a lot of innovations. Lot of innovations. Um, however, some lackluster as well. Mobile purchases are expected to increase 23% year over year in 2018. That ain't too bad. That ain't too shabby. That's still some pretty good growth. The Amazon Whole Foods marriage has hurt Whole Foods' reputation. I've talked a little bit about this already. Um, and the grocers since raised prices by about 1.6% on average. And its produce prices have dropped, but the produce quality has also dropped. Whole Foods reportedly hasn't changed any relevant operations or standards of quality at this point in time. Consumers' perceptions are souring on the company. So Amazon buys Whole Foods and everyone's like, ooh, Whole Foods will become cheaper. It won't be a whole paycheck anymore. Not so fast. Amazon's going to try to dominate the grocery industry with its expertise in pricing and logistics without Whole Foods' consumer expectations. They say, screw you, Whole Foods consumer. You snob, um, in my opinion. So Alibaba is an e-commerce play that we have to talk about. It. Tremendous company. $25 billion in revenue on Singles Day, which was one day of commerce last year. And they more than doubled U.S. e-commerce sales. Um, I'm sorry. No, no. I need to correctly say that. Alibaba, in one day, outdid Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined. That's the right way of saying that. So what Alibaba does in China... We don't do that in on Black Friday or Cyber Monday here on a mobile platform. Singles Day is a holiday that was made up. For the record, I hate Hallmark. I hate 
gift cards. I hate holiday cards. I hate love. I hate expressions of feelings. I hate it all. And to spend 2 or $3 on a card, you're like, ugh. Just carve it in a tree and walk by the tree and say, oh, look, a love note. I know you're saying, don't it's carve trees. We only have so many of them. Black. 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 Black hates Hallmark. Thank you. I hate balloons. I hate balloons. They serve no purpose. They're bad for our environment. They're bad for animals. Um, I hate them. And they're way too expensive for a little piece of latex. So, um, anyway, Singles Day, you're going to see Alibaba, and what happens there is going to be try to be replicated here. So Alibaba is building relationships with U.S. merchants to strengthen its presence. You're going to see Alibaba promote Singles Day in the U.S., and you're going to see significant deals tied towards it. And Amazon's going to go, that's interesting, and they'll try to keep up with it. A cavalcade of retailers and brands are going to revamp their mobile apps and browsers. Retailers are looking to speed up their mobile channels as consumers are banding slow apps and browsers. And we want it instantaneously. Pier 1 recently updated its mobile browser to an adaptive response design, allowing the browser to adjust to fit any screen. Um, it lowered the load t- time significantly, and it upped the conversion rate by 93%. So iOS 11 was the new operating system that Apple threw out there. They throw out a new operating system pretty regularly, typically once a year. Um, but they also threw in augmented reality kits. And retailers are looking at that going, what do we do with this? And companies like Ikea are like, okay, so we want to sell you a couch. Let's take a look at your living room. Turn on your augmented reality on your phone, and we'll, we'll find the right couch for that room. You can now scan your body with your phone and try on different clothes. Oh, my God, no way. Adaptive technologies augmented reality. Why not see what that Hawaiian shirt looks like on you? Amazon's going to enter the pharmaceutical industry in 2018. It just makes sense. It's a lucrative segment of delivery, and Amazon's all about delivery. I'm all about that base. That base. Amazon's all about delivery. United Healthcare has a mail order service called Optum Prescription. It raked in $60 billion in 2016. You don't think Amazon wants to get a license in every state? Now, that's a problem. So, will they acquire someone? Will they get a license in a few states? Um, will they get a light? Will they skip the license? You know, a lot like they've done with alcohol delivery. There's some some thorns there, but Amazon will Amazon will figure out a solution. I'm Rob Black, talking the future, 2018. What to expect in technology developments, and much much more. Reach out, robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Hopefully you're having a happy July 4th holiday weekend. Or you've turned it into a week off like many in Wall Street do. And volume has turned it into just dryness. As there's just not a lot going on during the summertime months as far as action goes. Sometimes, and this feels like one of those years, join us now to talk a little bit more about that. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. It's a website that I've been using for 20 years. It's business professional. Um, it starts with looks at international and domestic markets. It hits research. It hits earnings. It hits IPOs. It hits Patrick O'Hare and his market expert insights into the market. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? 
Hey, Rob, I'm doing doing just fine, thanks. No big plans for Fourth of July for you or for me, it sounds like. <laughs> Somebody's got to get the job done, right? So uh, <laughs> it's up to you and me <laughs> to pull us through here. I don't know about that. Um, I'm kind of sensing the market's not going anywhere fast. Um, what do you expect from the markets during the summertime months as we move into the back half of the election year and um, you know earnings and, and situations along those lines? What are we looking at this summer? Well, I think you know, I think you you know, alluded to it um, at the top of the interview here is is just that you know generally summer months are you know filled with you know plenty of vacations and thinned out trading desks and so you don't oftentimes see a whole lot of. Uh, uh, concerted movement, you know, in the major indices as you run through what is typically referred to as the summer doldrums, and so you kind of get a period of choppiness there uh, through the main summer months. And I think that you're probably likely to see uh, something along those lines, um, but would suggest that you know maybe the risk, if there is going to be one, would be skewed to the downside and not to the upside through the summer. Um, um, but I, I think part of that uh, is wrapped up in in uh, something that I talked about in my big picture column on uh, last week was the potential that uh, perhaps you see an emerging mar- market currency crisis unfold here in, uh, in the coming months if the, the current currency trends persist and you see continued strengthening in the dollar. So I see that as a as a risk factor um, in a uh, oftentimes complacent summer period. Uh, but absent something of that nature, uh, you're probably going to see you know, a trend in the market that's been consistent with what we have seen throughout the year, which is a range-bound market uh, that looks fickle. And uh, there's periods where you're feeling good and periods where you're not feeling great. And at the end of the day, you just kind of head sideways. <laughs> Sounds about right. Now, I turned on the news this morning, and I see trade tariffs, and I saw auto sales doing pretty well in the United States, but the headline underneath the auto sales is, will we pay an extra $5,000 for a car due to tariffs? How worried are you with all the headlines and all the the press that's being dedicated to Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, and his tariff trade wars? I saw something today. China's asking the EU to team up against the United States. And I'm like, whoa, that sounds serious. I don't know if it is, but it sounds serious as far as uh, workarounds on on trade arrangements. Well, it is interesting that you mentioned that, you know, because you, you do have a kind of a headline every day that suggests that um, things aren't necessarily going so great as it relates to trade matters. Uh, yet at the same time, there's anyone who talks about it, uh, tends to qualify it as, but we don't expect a full-fledged trade war to break out, right? Um, and so the way that I view that is that uh, that there is you know some complacency in the thought that you won't get a full-fledged trade war breaking out, but you certainly have a lot of um, you know headline risk in that because you do have some uh, some digging in, if you will, on the part of uh, former well 
current trade partners who are not just going to sit idly by and let the United States impose tariffs without any type of retaliation. And so, you know, we've seen Canada uh, respond here, uh, the EU respond, China set to respond if, if we go ahead with the, you know, our tariffs on July 6th on their imported goods. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, though, the, the probably the biggest risk to sort of um, blow things up a little bit more as it relates to the trade issue would be if the United States does go ahead and follow through with the threatened tariffs on uh, imported autos from the EU. Uh, and I think that would certainly dial things up a notch and uh, I think would lead to certainly some residual concerns about uh, earnings prospects and economic growth slowing down and, of course, uh, earnings expectations not living up to the high expectations that are now in place. High expectations, great expectations. Um, they seem to be a bit of a problem for Wall Street sometimes. It kind of creates a wall of worry. Can earnings grow? Can we get through the Trump tariffs? Can we get through an election season? Let's see what the populist vote is and or not. Um, are the wall Is the wall of worry too big for you at this point in time? Are you a little more cash or <clears throat> business as usual? As an investor, what would you tell uh, maybe a son-in-law or a, a daughter-in-law, you know, someone who's not quite doing it every single day? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, no one person is really, you know, smart enough to figure out the, the market. Uh, and I think oftentimes you have to sort of rely on the collective wisdom of the market here. And, and yes, you've got great earnings growth going on right now and great earnings growth projected for all of this year. Uh, and yet you have a market that kind of is just, you know, dragging its feet and not going anywhere. And, and I think that, you know, it does reflect that concern that uh, we're at the tail end of things. You know, we're, we're, if we're not at a peak, we're maybe close to a peak in terms of the earnings growth cycle. Um, you know, there's concerns about, uh, you know, economic growth, uh, you know, hitting a peak here in the near term here after we get a really strong Q2 GDP number. And so you don't have a market that is willing to, uh, that collectively is as willing to pay up for earnings right now uh, because it's concerned that, uh, um, that I think earnings would be at risk based on, you know, interest rates going up uh, under the guidance of the Federal Reserve. And uh, so it has to take that into account. And I think it's there's a lot of unsettled issues, obviously, out there as it pertains to trade, um, economic growth patterns around the world, uh, as well as, uh, you know, our own interest rate policy here in the United States. And so there's not a lot of conviction on the buy side at the moment. And, and in terms of also reading the tea leaves in a way, uh, you know, a lot of people would say that well, the yield curve is getting very flat, and that's portending most likely a, a slowdown, if not a recession. Um, but there's some outside influences that are, I think, that are also influencing that flattening, you know, namely the interest rate differential trade uh, as foreign investors seek higher returns here in the United States. But, you know, that aside, you also have uh, the underperformance of the Dow Jones Transportation Average this year uh, and a week showing from copper prices. Um, you're starting to see semiconductor stocks, you know, roll over. And, you know, these are leading indicators uh, which uh, don't necessarily coincide with that uh, that view that you're going to see 
sustained pickup in economic growth. I mean, the behavior of those uh, instruments is suggesting that we're more likely to see a slowdown and perhaps uh, earnings growth estimates start to come down as well <clears throat> as economic growth slows. So it's a really interesting dynamic right now because you do have great earnings growth providing underlying support, but you still don't have a market that's willing to inflect higher uh, despite that. It's interesting times for sure. Um, one of the trends I would say I've seen, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. Like here's where I, I have some flaws. One of the trends I've seen in the last few years is a lot of people are getting elected on populist votes, i.e., we will give you more for less, no more taxes, better health care, no more taxes, better retirement. Um, how do you feel that? What, what do you feel when you see? I want to say the the world political leaders are turning more populist and, and less business friendly per se. I'm not going to say business friendly, but I don't know. The world political agenda. Um, what's it mean to you at this point in time, Mr. O'Hare? Well, you know, I think it's, it's worrisome from a financing perspective, really. Um, you know, everything okay. sounds good on paper. Uh, it's, you know, ideally, you know, we could provide, you know, free health care for everyone, free college tuition for everyone, you know, um, and, and things of that nature. Um, but you got to pay for it somehow, right? And, uh, and you run into problems as, you know, say, country like Greece found out in a big way uh, that when you, you know, overspend, overpromise, uh, you run into some real fiscal issues that ultimately do more damage uh, uh, than one might think um, when some of these populist measures are, are being presented. So you have to really strike a very good balance there in making sure you can address matters of income inequality um, and, and trying to get uh, people, you know, migrating upwardly from a you know social cultural and you know monetary standpoint and so um so it's an important consideration obviously but uh you know you gotta you gotta pay for things in the end as well <laughs> i hear that you sound like my dad all of a sudden uh with that being said mr hare have a great fourth thank you so much thank you briefing thrilled 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 to continue to working with you as we do have a good fourth. Um, you can find briefing at briefing.com. Wonderful, wonderful information on the stock market. It will start your day kind of right because it's not shocking. It's not upsetting. It's just the facts, ma'am, so to speak. Um, fickle explanations for a fickle market. Kind of, right? You can find briefing at briefing.com with Mr. O'Hare. Pass the word. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. How should you tap money? You need cash, right? Home equity line of credit or 401k loan, which is better than the other? Or how about a loan subsidized by the government? Or how about a loan by Rob Black? Rob Black. Americans have been increasing the amounts of debt that they're willing to take on. About 80% of American households now hold some form of debt. Less than half or 46% reported making more than they spend in a report. Less than half, 46% of people reported making more than they spend. When you're short on cash, not all types of borrowing are created equal. So sometimes you may make 
fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you want to spend sixty thousand or one hundred ten thousand. Credit cards are one of the most common ways of spending, of borrowing money. The problem is there's a high interest rate charge tied towards them. Currently, credit card rates are at record highs. 17% is the average. The average American has $6,375 of credit card debt. That's up 3% year over year. <sighs> Just saying that makes me stressed. Home equity line. So you need cash? Go to a credit card? No. One of the most common ways of getting cash is for some people to tap your home equity line of credit. Cash out refinance. That's when you refinance your mortgage and take out a bigger mortgage or home equity loan. Average interest on home equity loans is 5 or 6% roughly. Now, there's a tax law, though, that says the money must be used to improve your home. Otherwise, the interest isn't tax deductible. There's some issues there. How about a personal loan? Need cash? Get a personal loan. Uh... You're not borrowing against your house. You're not borrowing against a credit card. You probably have to have something to, sh- to put up as collateral. Personal loans typically last one to five years versus a home equity, which is could be 10, 15. Personal loans are well-suited for smaller loan amounts. So generally anything up to $35,000. And personal loans, a lot of people tend to use them as a way of not getting credit card debt. But again, we have this fascination in the United States of more debt, more debt. So is there a right way to take on debt? Well, I think the biggest thing about taking on debt is that you don't keep doing it forever and ever. And that whatever got you into debt, you know, whether it be a medical expense or a life event, whether it be college, moving, I get it. Car breaking down. Maybe that year where you're like, I'm going to get everyone a Christmas present. And then you decide that was a bad idea. There's a significant downside to borrowing against, basically, I, I, I'd say the market. But like, I know people that take out home that take out four hundred one k loans, and I'm like, don't take out a four hundred one k loan. If you lose that employer by choice or otherwise, your balance is due in ninety days, which a lot of people just aren't ready for. You can get hit with big fees. A lot of people don't realize that like that sucks. But you're allowed to borrow up to fifty percent of your account balance with a maximum of fifty thousand dollars. Although I think of the 401k is completely off limits. Some people see it as a bank account. I see it as a retirement account. Some people see it as a bank account. I see it as a retirement account. Now, if you were to say, Robert, I, I want to I wanna, like, get all my debts in one place. I want to like consolidate my debts. I'm not against that. I'm against 401k loans. But I, if I take out a 401k loan, I can pay off all my debt. I can consolidate it and take on 401k debt. I'm like, but I'm against 401k borrowing. And yet people will talk to me until they're blue in the face. Speaking of blue in the face, do not, do not inhale gas fumes for long periods of times. And now you know. That's right. That's my PSA. That's my PSA message of the day. Me and Mr. T. Fourth of July gas prices are going to hit their highest mark since 2014, and you may want to snort it, sniff it, inhale it, live by it, but gasoline fumes are not good for you. Now, you hear that Fourth of July gas is at its four-year high. You have to go back way, way, way back to 2014 when you were just a wee child in your mother's womb. 
to have gasoline prices this high. No, that's not quite right. It's 40 years ago, right? Now, it's going to be about an extra billion dollars in gas that the United States spends over the four-day travel period. Even with high gas prices, most motors aren't likely to curtail the travel because it's not high enough. We only curb our, our driving when gas hits above 4 bucks. In 2008, 2008, now that's a while ago, gasoline hit 409 in the United States on average. Hawaii obviously stinks, $3.90 to get gas there, not powered by lava. And South Carolina's got the cheapest gas, $2.52 in the nation. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.